Hey, video game fans, I'm Ben Bertoli, and this is Memory Card. Push has been working extra hard on a lot of side projects, so I've decided to put him on paid leave for the week. Which means it's time to bring on an esteemed guest expert. This episode, I am joined by former Game Informer intern and current contributing writer for Paste Magazine, Joseph Stanichar. How are you, Joseph? Hello, I am doing very well. How are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm tired. I'm, I feel like I'm always tired. Yeah, that's a pretty universal feeling. At this moment. Probably most of the time throughout history, but especially now. Yeah, especially now. I feel like, you know, it's like the Incredible Hulk um, in the Avengers where it's like, that's my secret. I'm always angry. But that's me, but it's my secret. I'm always tired. <laughs> You're always tired. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. I can always take a nap. But we, we got to get into the, the video game, the important video game historical information here. So are you ready, ready to go? Ready to get this episode booted up? I was born ready. Okay. Joseph, now you and I, uh, we, we have a history. We kind of go way back. Yes. We both used to write for Kotaku's Reader Run sister site, May It Rest in Peace, Talk Amongst Yourselves, which, or Tay, as many people called it, T-A-Y. How did you end up there? What, what pushed you towards video game journalism? Oh, man. I mean, that was from back when I was in high school. I, I went by the username The Picky Gamer. I think you were like... Picky Gamer. Yeah. Um, which that name, I, I was never a fan of it, um, but it was based on like this YouTube channel that I did before. It was very short lived because it turns out video editing is very hard. <laughs> <laughs> so is it like the angry gamer, but like l more low key? No, I, I mean, the idea, which wasn't very good because I was like 15, but it, the idea behind that was like, oh, I'm really gonna dig into video games like i the game i was doing it with uh was like skyward sword and so i like i would look at a very small segment of skyward sword and just pick apart like very minute details and so oh, I, I'm, I I'm the idea was that i was being picky it, it wasn't great but it, it, it's what i stuck <laughs> with Sounded more like you're picking apart the details and less that you are, you know, not going to play a lot of games because of your taste. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I don't like this game. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to play it. That's every, every, all your videos just ended like 30 <laughs> seconds in. You're like, I don't like this start screen. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, I mean, you, I think I was uh, one of the people on that, you know, read or run blog that, that gave you your, your author rights or yes, whatever it was. Yeah. So you could uh, publish more widely to the, the sites and things like that. And then, you know, how did things pick up from there? How did you get this uh, internship at Game Informer? Oh, man. I, I mean, you know, I, I just kept writing. Uh, I think um, I definitely got a lot of practice from this one summer, uh, which would have been back in 2017, 2018. Um, the, the first one would have been the summer of 2017 where I just, um, I actually like heard this on like a podcast or something from like Kirk Hamilton, who used to write for Kotaku. And he was also on like the Kotaku split screen show with Jason Schreier. 
now now he does that with triple click uh jason and maddie myers as well for triple click yeah right and, and so he had this um like challenge i guess where like the idea is to write 60 articles give or take in 60 days and so i was like okay i i want to try that you know i've got a summer uh, where not too much was going on so I just went for it and I ended up writing 60 articles, not all of which were, you know, award winners, but it, it <laughs> gave me practice, you know, mm -hmm. the following summer, I made it like an actual event. I called it six Tay days of writing. It's a thing on the site where we just put the word Tay into the title wherever we can. And um, it was really popular. Like the, I think we wrote like something like 400 something articles combined. Um, and it was really fun. Um, I, I think like I really like came together like with that community then. And so, yeah, I actually used a, a number of clips that I wrote just like in a day for six day days when I applied for the internship at Game Informer. And I ended up going to Minneapolis and doing that. And that was a great experience. And so did they like put you up somewhere or how does that work? Oh, no, I was. um also working like a part-time job to get rent at like the cheapest place I could find <laughs> it actually had I I'm not like being dramatic here it literally had like a bullet hole <laughs> in one of like the walls <laughs> um and you know I just didn't ask questions it just adds to like the ambiance of the whole place <laughs> yeah yeah it it was it was very crazy and um Fortunately, it was Minneapolis, which is a great place for like biking. Mm -hmm. They've got a great like biking infrastructure. And so um, I just biked everywhere. I didn't need a car. Biking in bullet holes. That's what they're known for. Yeah, apparently. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was great. And then this past summer, I got an intern at Paste Magazine uh, remotely, of course, because everything is remotely, but they're based in Atlanta, Georgia. And, and so now I write for their um movies games and tv sections intermittently fantastic all right well i guess we should uh, officially get to it so what's what's our topic today joseph we are talking about star wars Ooh, i gotta i have to go on the record here and, and i may have brought this up in a previous episode but i don't think so because i don't think we've ever covered star wars but i'm not like a huge star wars guy but everyone seems to think I am, I, I think because of the general like nerdiness that I exude right. as I, you know, in my everyday life. It's especially an issue with children that I teach. They seem to think that I like Star Wars. And so I always, every birthday and Christmas, end up with like a couple Funko Pops of like Yoda or uh, Darth Vader. And I just kind of just like, hey, that cool. I'm gonna put that on my desk. And I do. And it's nice that they gave it to me. But I'm always like, man. <laughs> there's a thousand other characters that i would rather have so you know uh, star wars for me wasn't like a big thing growing up i want to say i mean my earliest memory of it is probably when episode one came out with all the pod racing 1999 i i would have been uh like 11 years old so yeah what's what's your history with star wars when I was a kid, there weren't really um, any Star Wars movies coming out. It was kind of in between the current era of Disney and the prequels. But, you know, uh, like all good parents, my, my parents sat me down and um, 
had me watch through the original trilogy and um mm. also like all good parents they did not introduce me to the prequels so um <laughs> that's um been more recent i've still not seen uh the third one actually i so that kind of gives a taste of where i'm at with star wars i haven't even officially seen every mainline movie that's all right i haven't seen the last two new ones so yeah yeah um they're very controversial yeah i know that's why i was like you know what i'm not that into star wars as it is if everyone's like freaking out over it i'm just gonna not (laughs) i don't care i don't know i feel like that might help you enjoy it more yeah (laughs) because i feel like so uh, some people get like really precious about (laughs) so i can lean over to my wife or watching it and be like everyone was mad about this (laughs) yeah but i i don't know maybe i mean i fall on the side of the last jedi i don't think the rise of skywalker was awful but i wasn't a huge fan of it Mm. but we we should probably not go too deep into that because that's oh man that's we could talk about Star Wars for a long time, even not being super fans. I feel like there's a lot exactly. that we could get into. I, I am. I do. I have watched all of the Mandalorian so far. That's probably the like deepest I've ever got into Star Wars. But people keep popping up in the Mandalorian and everyone on the Internet's like, oh, my gosh, it's so and so. And I'm like, uh, who? And they're like, he was a bad guy in a book from 1982. I'm like, <laughs> oh, cool. Like, I, it's cool. I like the you know, the lore is fun, but I can't keep up with all of it. So. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Star Wars video games been around for quite a while. They have been around for quite a while, and and we are not going to go into all of them mm-hmm. because we would be here forever. Um. So the the main game that I wanted to talk to you about uh, was a game that I that I wrote an article about recently for Paste, all about Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Mm. You haven't heard of this game. It's probably because it never came out and is probably never going to come out, at least uh, not under that name. And that's the 1,313th Star Wars game, right? That's why it's called that? Yes, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, canonically. They just went (laughs) right to 1314, Mm. and and it never happened. So that's pretty much the entire history of it, so we can... Star Wars 64 is my favorite. Yeah. Pod racer. Yeah. But no, it's actually based on, like, the... 1313th level of like Coruscant's underworld. So if you know Coruscant, like the planet where it's all, I mean, I say futuristic, I guess a lot of it is futuristic, even though it's a long, long time ago, of course. <laughs> but it's got all the tall building. It's, it's kind of like New York, the planet. Mm-hmm. And there's also like a big hole <laughs> in the planet, from my understanding, uh, where like, you can fly under like with your ship and it just goes down and down and it's based on you know the 1313th level down like under the planet's crust oh okay and is that i mean i don't know if you know this but is that like the the last level is that as low as it goes i don't know maybe maybe it goes even lower or it's just like that is the most interesting level yeah there's obviously something going on there there was gonna be we'll never know because uh this game never came out. It had a very troubled history. Um, we were actually talking about Jason Trier before, uh, now at Bloomberg, um, but he wrote a bunch about it, which I, I definitely don't want to you know, say that this, this is all like my reporting or whatnot. A lot of this is from 
uh, chapter of his book, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. Mm. But he he wrote about basically how this game kind of came to be, or came to not be, rather. (laughs) Just the story going into it, which is kind of crazy. I mean, George Lucas was actually really involved with it. It really seemed like it was going to end up happening. People were really excited about it as well. But uh, unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be, which is a bummer. So how did it all go down? What was what was the starting point for this specific game? Before it was actually called Star Wars 1313, the idea for it kind of started around the same time George Lucas was really wanting to get a TV show made, like within the Star Wars canon. Mm. And this was going to be called Underworld. It was going to be about like this Star Wars mafia. So like I'm thinking about like Godfather but Star Wars, it was supposed to be... But it's Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, maybe. Like Jabba the Hutt in a suit and a cool hat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he, he really wanted it to, to be a thing. Um, but they were like, no, George, it's, it's too expensive. We, we can't do it. And uh, Star Wars TV show was never made. It's, it's such, a, such a bummer that we, we don't have a, a live action Star Wars TV show. Yeah, I feel like I would watch that maybe. Yeah, especially if it was about like any of the like Mandalorians or something like that. I think that would that'd be interesting, but oh well. Mm-hmm. His TV show never happened, and he was floating around the idea with LucasArts, um, who had been around for a long time. They've made Star Wars games and just their own original properties like The Secret of Monkey Island, Sam and Max, a lot of mostly kid-friendly point-and-click games and, and stuff of that nature. But... They were going to work on this big project that was kind of like Uncharted. Like that was what they were floating around, that kind of idea. And so around 2010, uh, the idea for the TV show kind of died off. But the video game, Star Wars 1313, was very much alive. And so LucasArts starts taking this more seriously. George Lucas is still on an executive level. He's not, you know, down in the trenches with the developers, of course, but he will check in from time to time and see how things are doing. I, I, I don't know if you know this about George Lucas, but he's a bit of a revisionist, right? He, um, yeah. even after something is done, he likes to go back in and switch things up and um, stuff like that. Yeah. That's one thing for movies, um, but for video games, that was really detrimental to the project. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Because he he would have these ideas, which maybe were good ideas, maybe they weren't, but like they were too far along into development. It was just kind of a, I think I wrote a thy will be done kind of thing. It's like, you know, it's called LucasArts. His name is in the title. So whatever he wants goes and you can't (laughs) say anything about it. And so it came to a point where like he was like, uh, I, I want Boba Fett. That's my George Lucas nice impression. It's a good one. And he's like, can you get Boba Fett in the game? And they're like, no, we've like written this entire story all around, you know, this one character. If we had to be about another character, we'd have to like start from scratch. But it, it was what George Lucas said. So that's what they did. And... So, you know, it was really troubled up to that point, but they made a demo for it um, at E3 2012, and people went nuts over it. They loved it. 
Um, I think it was that and like Watch Dogs were like the two most exciting games for like the game's press of that like E3. And so even though it was really troubled, they're like, okay, this thing is definitely happening. You know, it's going to be a crazy ride, but it's a ride that we're going to see the way through. That sound means that we're putting this episode on pause for just a moment so we can briefly explain how you can support Memory Card. If you enjoy our content, you can show your support by leaving positive reviews on your podcasting service of choice. Four or five stars and a few kind words go a long way when it comes to convincing others to give the show a listen, so please do so if you find the time. Spreading the word of Memory Card is very helpful. If you know anyone who's into gaming or history or both, then maybe you should consider sharing Memory Card with them or anyone that you find anywhere. Every season, we strive to reach a wider and wider audience, and you can help. If you're feeling extra supportive, you can head over to patreon.com memcard. Every single one of our patrons gets access to early and ad-free episodes. Higher tiers include bonus episodes, shoutouts, and more. We certainly hope you'll check it out and consider becoming one of our lovely patrons. Once again, that's patreon.com slash M-E-M-C-A-R-D. And if you think about it, if you become a patron, you'll never have to hear this ad again. <laughs> How sad. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to hear us out. Let's get back to the show. Then October 2012 happens and Disney decides that it wants Star Wars and it gets out its wallet. Very large wallet. A very, very large wallet. That's what they keep inside the uh, Epcot, the, the big golf ball. Yeah, yeah. Disney's wallet is in there, yeah. That, that would make for a good uh, heist movie. <laughs> Stealing Disney's money. <laughs> yeah. The Mouse House. Yeah, I, I think we've got a, a winner here. Yeah, we're, we'll, uh, we'll pitch this later. But they, they, they went in and they found $4 billion from their giant Epcot ball. And uh, they, they got Star Wars, uh, which is actually like, um, just to put it into perspective, I think like the purchase uh, of Bethesda that Microsoft made was, was even larger than that. It was like $4.5 or something like that. So are you saying it was like a bargain deal? I, I don't know. I, I would just think that... <laughs> For the amount of money that they've already probably made off of it. Yeah, maybe it... Yeah, I, I don't know how that thing goes into it. I mean... Video games are, like, if you look at it, like, a lot more lucrative, like, uh, if you look at, like, how much they make compared to movies. So I, I, I don't know the, like, calculus that, that went into how you even, I mean, when you go, go to numbers that big, like, it, I don't know how you determine prices like that. But that's what they settled on. Mm -hmm. And that essentially killed lucas arts not not lucas himself he actually uh retired <laughs> uh, and uh i'm sure he's uh very very comfortable but uh he you know uh decided to step away from uh star wars for the, for the most part and on april 3rd of the following year 2013 uh lucas arts was also completely shut down essentially all of the employees were laid off and Instead, uh, Disney signed a 10-year contract with Electronic Arts, uh, which is set to likely expire in 2023, somewhere around there. 
to make all of their big budget Star Wars games. So not stuff like the Lego games or mobile games, but your your big AAA titles uh, would all be made by EA. And at this point, that one, the game that they had just been working on for all that time was still like technically like out there unfinished, right? Yeah, it, it was unfinished. Um, if you look at like the betas they have for it, they were maybe like 50% done, something like that. It's hard to put a number on that, especially. I mean, the video game development is so hard to predict how long something will take. That's why there are so many delays all the time. But it was very far along, but definitely nowhere close to being done either. In the book, Trier kind of explains or paints a picture of this ragdag team of ex-LucasArts developers who went and tried to beg EA to basically take on the project that they had already started um, because they they had already put, you know, so much work into this. And I, I can only imagine, you know, how much work goes into a project this big. It was supposed to be like a launch title for like the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. So they were like working with like the most up to date technology at the time. And this definitely wasn't their typical point and click kind of thing right and they give this passionate speech i mean people are are crying they're on their hands and knees i'm i'm not exaggerating at all here whatsoever but at the end of the day ea is like eh, <laughs> we're good we got fifa we're fine <laughs> exactly you know they, some people will get mad at me when i say this and i really have no room to talk but it certainly looks like the same game every year, but apparently it's not. <laughs> they, they've tweaked it a little bit here and there. Yeah, I think, I think some of those sports, uh, sports franchises that EA's, they haven't run them into the ground, but they've definitely stagnated a little bit, at least in my opinion. I mean, how much can you... Uh, I mean, it's still a soccer ball, you, you know? Um, right. You can't, like, no. change the rules. Um, but, you know, people <laughs> enjoy it, and that's what matters, you know? That's right, yeah. But... Star Wars 1313 at this point is no more. Uh, they start working on, uh, EA starts working on this uh, game called Project Ragtag, which does appear to have a lot of the same spirit um, as 1313. It does seem to be like Uncharted. They actually stole some talent from Uncharted. Amy Hennig, who had previously worked on Uncharted titles as a writer, I believe. And then that gets canceled in 2017. <laughs> Man, just can't catch a break. Oh, man. Um, and it keeps on going because there is an open world Star Wars game codenamed Orca they're working on at EA uh, that gets canceled in 2018. Then uh, there's a Battlefront spinoff uh, codenamed Viking. Um, and, and do you want to take a guess for uh, what happened with that then? It came out and got Game of the Year. That's right. It oh, was no. Great. It was canceled. <laughs> it was canceled in 2019. Oh, gosh. EA, you know, uh, video game companies got to make money. I understand this. But EA especially really appears to be very calculated with this sort of thing. And maybe, uh, I don't know, I feel like Star Wars, like how more popular can you get than that for a property, right? But yeah that's true apparently you know they did they did their uh internal assessment and it was not worth it they've come out with one 
uh, solely single-player Star Wars game called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It came out in 2019. I played through it, and I thought it was great, um, if a bit derivative of other games, uh, such as, like, the Soul series, Metroid. It was a cocktail of other games, but, you know, it, it, was, it was a good cocktail. Um, right. And they've released other Star Wars games, right? Like Battlefront uh, 2, I think. Yeah, which had its own controversy around right. uh, microtransactions and such. And that had its own single-player campaign, um, from what I hear. I, I haven't played it, but it was pretty short and, you know, not awful, not mind-blowing. Same thing with, like, Star Wars Squadrons, which came out recently. So does anything exist of 1313? Like, is there anything left? Or is it just, like, that one E3 demo, and then it, it never saw the light of day? Yeah, I mean, we've got a few demos. I mean, you can look it up on YouTube. Um, I, I watched it. It actually kind of reminds me of, like, the first chat. I, I don't know if you've played Jedi Fallen Order, Ben. I have not. No. Uh, well, in the first chapter, it is a bit deceptive, maybe, because it's very different from, like, the rest of the game, but it does feel like that more linear style, Uncharted feeling ki kind of game, and apparently that's what 1313 wanted to be throughout. There are a few trailers, obviously, you know, we learned a lot more through, like, the book, and I'm sure there are interviews and such, but as far as I know, there's nothing playable. As far as ongoing projects, if there is anything connected to it, it's very removed. You know, it's been a long time since. And this, and in this game, I mean, you said you played as who, Boba Fett or Jango Fett? I mean, it changed a lot, but um, the last permutation was, was Boba. Boba Fett, and he is a Mandalorian, correct? Yes. Oh, I want to be careful here. Or he's, or he like is from Mandalore or something. Yeah, I know. The, the lore of it all is... I don't want to get it wrong. Jango Fett is a Mandalorian. And he, like, cloned himself. And so, like, his clone son was Boba Fett. I, I think that's how that is. It's like a soap opera. Space soap opera. A space opera, some might say. Spe oh, my <laughs> gosh. Jeez. So... This is, I mean, looking over your article before we spoke, this could have been kind of like Mandalorian the game. Yeah, um, and a few people commented after the article that there was kind of a game like that, um, although the big asterisk here being that it apparently wasn't very good. But it was like on the GameCube, um, and there was a game about like being a bounty hunter or something like that. It did not appear to be very ambitious in scope um, or anything like that. Um, so this was like the, the closest that we got. And, you know, it, it is interesting because like originally it was supposed to be this like tie in to a Star Wars TV show. And now we have a Star Wars TV show. We're actually getting one about Boba Fett himself um, later this year. But we really don't... Um, I mean, Jedi Fallen Order, I don't want to discredit because, you know, I, I did enjoy it, but I, I think that's very different from what this type of game was. And people have tried it a lot, but it hasn't really happened. Um, and so now very recently within the last week um, to, to date this recording, I guess, 
Lucasfilm Games has like come back to the dead speak, one might say, although I guess you wouldn't necessarily get that reference without seeing the rise of Skywalker. (laughs) But uh, it it is basically uh, the new current reincarnation of LucasArts, essentially. They're announcing new projects. They're like making an Indiana Jones game with the people behind Wolfenstein from Bethesda. They're also making a an open world Star Wars game with Ubisoft, which appears to come to an end the exclusivity deal with EA. I, I think they've said that they'll continue to work with EA, but not exclusively. So I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there, but it definitely seems to be like a new era of Star Wars video games, which is definitely exciting. Yeah, especially because, you know, they might finally be able to make that, you know, uh, uncharted type game where it's more about the exploration than it is necessarily about combat. Yeah, and if not like uncharted, at least like a big scope game that, you know, you can really lose yourself in. I I know a lot of people really love Knights of the Old Republic, uh which I believe was by BioWare, so maybe, I mean, there are a lot of great Star Wars games. I I don't want to have the takeaway be of this like there was almost a great star wars game and will and it never happened because of course there have been lots of great star wars games right and we don't even know i mean 1313 could have have been a mess if it actually launched uh that's true i guess we'll never know but it is interesting that it you know got so close and then fell short and basically had all this inspiration that kind of has come back around today yeah, it had a lot going for it, but unfortunately it had even more going against it. That's how it goes sometimes in the, uh, in the, in the deep, deep space. It is. I know that from personal experience. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks, for, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show yeah. today and talking to us about this extremely interesting topic that I really did not have uh, much knowledge on. So It was my pleasure. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to plug or uh, social media accounts that, where we can find you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Joseph Stanachar, as in Charizard. Uh, that's spelled J-O-S-E-P-H-S-T-A-N-I-C-H-A-R. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm just uh, writing for Paste right now. Yeah, you can definitely read my stuff about movies, TV, and games at Paste Magazine as well. Sounds great. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Our intro and outro music was crafted by a talented chiptune composer, Jamatar. You can find more of his bangin' beats by searching Jamatar, that's J-A-M-A-T-A-R, on Spotify, or visiting jamatar.com. If you have any feedback on the podcast or want to recommend a topic, feel free to reach out via Twitter, at MemCardShow, or on our website, MemoryCardShow.com. If you'd like to follow me or Push, we can be found at SuperBentendo and at PushDustin, respectively. Have you considered supporting Memory Card on Patreon? If not, we hope you will. Currently, we're supported by quite a few awesome people, all of which get access to early, ad-free episodes and more. This includes Jackson Bertoli, Taylor Bias, Cody Sam, Michael Strickland, Tyler Davis, Courtney Cotton, Harrison, 
Jose Acosta, Jorge Bajija, Manuel Vitella, Ray Schneider, Nick Callis, and Shala. All of our Patreon info can be found on the support section of our website or on patreon.com slash memcard. We'll be back soon with some gaming history goodness, so be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you enjoy the show. See you later. And then we'll fly off. Oh, I should have played some Star Wars music here, you know. Should have should have started with some, yeah. Da -da -da -da. Da, 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 da. that's good are you just whistling that yeah sounds like, sounds like you're playing on like a middle school recorder <laughs> <laughs>